billionaire if he just invested that money into um, education, public health, uh, some mental health facilities. Uh -huh. He would do way more for Gotham than just going around and like beating the shit out of people. Yeah. Because most of the people he beats up, you got your crazies, you got your scarecrows and your jokers, but most of them are just like some guy. Yeah. Who, who is mentally ill. Well, they are the mentally ill ones, <laughs> I would argue. I think the rest of them are just like petty crooks who, who need the money. Mm -hmm. And Batman's just perpetuating his own his own cycle because you're just some guy. You have no money to pick, take a job for like the penguin guarding a jewel or whatever. I don't know. And then <laughs> Batman comes along, breaks your legs. You're in the hospital. You can't afford those bills. No, there's there's no support network for you. So what do you do? You turn to a life of crime to make money. It's it just keeps it's a vicious cycle. It is, and he goes one of two ways. You either go into um, a hospital and you get addicted to painkillers or something, mm -hmm. or you're going to jail. Right. Who do you think's funding all of the pharmaceutical stuff and the Batman private prisons? Fucking Wayne Industry. Yeah, Batman. He's just propping himself up. He's he doesn't want change. If he wanted change, he would invest that money into the community. But instead, he's just going around and breaking people's necks. Yeah. Breaking legs, getting them in the hospital or jail. Making just so they can come him. out and do it all over again. Well, Fuck man. Batman. He doesn't want change. He wants, he wants violence is what he wants. He wants mm. to beat people up. It's I, don't, I guess that's fair. That's what Batman's all about. Beating people up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, hello there, and welcome to a very special episode of I Love This, You Should Too. Uh, today is our 200th episode, and so we're going to give out some awards to the last 50 movies that we watched. Movies from the last 50 episodes. Yes. Because I think we get one movie every two episodes. Right, yes. About. From the last 50 movies that we watched. Episodes we had. <laughs> I'm Samantha Randawa, and with me is indie movie guy Randawa. Oh, I'm the movie guy? Yeah. All right. You are the movie guy. I don't know. You host a movie podcast. You host a movie podcast. True. <laughs> and we here at I Love This You Should Too are members of the Alberta Podcast Network, which is locally grown and community supported. Hi, Indy. Hello. <laughs> are you ready? 200 episodes. That's pretty crazy, huh? That's a lot of episodes. That is. It has gotten to the point where I don't remember episodes we've No, done. me too. I, um, this was last season, but um, I spoke on like a live episode of a panel about women in podcasting. And I said that we had, uh, we were coming up on 150 episodes and everyone's necks just like snapped around and looked at me and they were like, oh my God, wow, congratulations. Man, we've never missed a week. We've never missed a week. There was that one week where I was three hours late. But I don't know if that many people notice. But we're here. We're here for you, fans. Yeah. So pay us. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Sam said, today is our 200th episode. So we are going to give out a bunch of awards to movies we have watched. Things like Best Animal Friend, Villain We Agree With, Best Look and Style, and I guess like Best Worst Movie as well. Mm-hmm. And we'll go over some hardcore stats because people love statistics. <laughs> Everyone loves statistics. <laughs> and well, I guess we'll talk about what we're going to do over the next season. This will cover movies from episodes 151 all the way up until now. But before we get into things, let's hear from our first sponsor of the episode. And that is the Well Endowed Podcast by the Edmonton Community Foundation. 
which explores the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. The Edmonton Community Foundation helps people create endowment funds. The podcast tells the story of how those endowments intersect with the community. And if you want to hear more from them, you can listen to The Well-Endowed Podcast wherever you listen to us, or you can visit thewellendowedpodcast.com. All right, Samantha, let's get into it. And to review the movies we are going to be covering, or may cover, (laughs) uh, this season I picked Seven Samurai, Citizen Kane, The Day the Earth Stood Still, A Christmas Story, The Iron Giant, Jaws, Ed Wood, A Nightmare on Elm Street, My Fair Lady, and Nosferatu. What were yours this season, Sam? My picks this season were Bring It On, Cheer or Die, Falling for Christmas, Where the Crawdads Sing, Step Up Revolution, Step Up 3D, Step Up Year of the Dance, (laughs) Top Gun, Pretty Woman, Crossroads, and Step Up All In. (laughs) Not sure why that one's not with the rest of the Step Ups. (laughs) It's a special one. Yeah, it needed its own mention. So we might have minor spoilers, because if we're talking about why a movie's great, we might uh, talk about that movie, but not too many. Yeah. But let's get into things. The first thing that was really interesting to me was our average years of movie released. Okay. Do you want to guess what yours is? 2019. 2013. Oh. And... Your two oldest ones being the two movies you hadn't seen yet, but I had recommended to you. Right. That would have skewed my... Uh, that brought it down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, pretty Do you want to guess my average year? 1980. 1966. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. That's, that's pretty old, though. True. Because I had a few 40s and the 120s movie really brought it down <laughs> as well. True. So there is an average difference in the movies we choose by 47 years that really defines us a little bit yeah (laughs) that makes a lot of sense to me one that surprised me is our average run times of movies (laughs) yours just being 106 minutes and Mm. mine being 120 those are some it's not even 90 minutes is it 120 is oh my god 90? please delete that no <laughs> well, now really it's definitely dumb. staying in <laughs> so mine is 120 minutes yours is 106 and mine i have a lot of shorter movies than you do but i also had seven samurai which was something like 280 minutes so that kind of skews mine true if i'm gonna torture you with a movie i don't want it to be long I definitely had some long ones, like My Fair Lady was in there, too. Mm. So we're not going to talk budget and box office nearly as much because I had a lot of really old ones Mm -hmm. and foreign ones where we don't really have the numbers. And you had a lot of streaming picks. But for our highest budget, there isn't anything that was so high. I think the Iron Giant at 50 million, which is not high at all. Huh. And then I'm surprised a bunch of step ups are next for highest budgets. Oh, yeah. Those are ones that got more money as they kept going. So you get some high budget there. And for box office too, like there are, of course, a few big giant hits like Jaws made 472 million, Pretty Woman made 464, Top Gun 357. But what is consistently high, Step Up, Step Up 3D, 160, Step Up Revolution, 140. Like, those Step Up movies just print money? Yeah. I'm, I'm shocked. 
And we get down to our lowest reported number was Citizen Kane because it was kind of boycotted by, and we (laughs) talked about that in that episode. Right. So it did not make much money. We didn't do many foreign movies this year. You had one, Step Up Year of the Dance from China. Yes. And I had Seven Samurai from Japan. And Nosferatu is German, but the rest of our stuff was American. Yeah. A lot of American content this year. Are you saying we need to diversify for next season? Well, you did a good job because I think this was maybe your first non-English language movie you picked. True, yeah. I, however, usually pick a few more and didn't this time. Mm. Because even my German movie didn't have any German language in it because it was silent. (laughs) True. What do you think your average IMDb rating for your movies would be? (laughs) it's out of 10 yes 6.5 very close 5.9 okay what do you think mine is 8.7 Ooh, a little off (laughs) 7.9 so not so different mine are rated by those people at least a little higher the lowest being things like bring it on cheer or die which actually i thought was kind of fun Mm -hmm. uh falling for christmas step up all in and the highest being things like we wouldn't be too surprised. Seven Samurai, Citizen Kane, Jaws, Iron Giant, Nosferatu. Makes sense. Some yeah. big classics in there. And Iron Giant, which is kind of a, a cult classic itself. What do you think your average Rotten Tomato score is? Oh, God. Uh, and that's out of like 100. It's a percentage? Yeah. Okay. 35%. 48. Oh, okay. That's better than I expected. What do you think mine is? Uh, 78. 94. Whoa. You win. The highest being Seven Samurai with 100 and Citizen Kane, J- Jaws, Nosferatu, Iron Shrine. It's all kind of the same stuff up to top. And at the bottom, Bring It On, Cheer or Die. Again, that's a good movie. I mm-hmm. think it was good. Uh, where the Crawdads Sing next. That is surprising over Step Up All In and Falling for Christmas yeah. and Crossroads. Crossroads is one of your higher ones, actually. Hmm. That's odd because I assumed that it was kind of a joke of a movie. Like it's not. It tried something good. It did. It just didn't really work out. I just thought Where the Crawdads Sing would be just like a little bit higher rated because it's like based on a book and it's a little bit more serious. But okay, fine then. And then these are some of my favorite ones. What do you think you rated my movies? Movies I chose. What's your average rating? Seven. 7.4. Whoa. So you liked my movies, not as much as maybe last season. Right. I do tend to rate your movies higher than mine, so I'm excited to hear the opposite score. Your highest rated movies were ones that were picked by me. Things like (laughs) My Fair Lady, Citizen Kane, you like that, huh? Good. A Nightmare (laughs) on Elm Street. I like that. Oh, you like that. Good. (laughs) I didn't think you liked it at the time. I I liked it. It was nice. It was nice. (laughs) What do you think you rated your own at if you rated mine 7.4? Probably like a 4. (laughs) 4.75. I knew it. I always rate yours higher than mine. Your lowest rated movies were Step Up Revolution, Crossroads, and Step Up All In. Yeah, I stand behind that. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> it's definitely the, like, the trend of I like pitch things for the podcast and then end up just liking your movies better anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think I rated my movies, movies that I picked? Uh, seven. 8.4. Oh. You tend to guess low, but I usually pick movies that I love because of, you know, the name of the podcast. Oh, right. I still haven't <laughs> figured out that formula. 
<laughs> it's loose. It's loose. And some of my highest rated were Nosferatu, Pretty Woman, Citizen Kane, Nightmare on Elm Street, Seven Samurai. All pretty good movies. No tens this season, though, hey? Oh, we'll get to it. Okay. Because I don't want to give away, because we will pick our best movies. Okay. And what do you think I rated your movies at? 5.5. Four. <laughs> Being think... things like, oh, kind of the same ones. Falling for Christmas, Step Up Revolution, Step Up All In. Hmm. So, some repeats. We agreed. <laughs> not great. <laughs> not great. But that's not what I try to bring to this podcast. Although sometimes it is fun to bring that, like when we do things like burlesque. Yeah, that's why I'm trying to bring like interesting, fun things to the podcast that maybe I haven't seen or thought were really good a long time ago. All right. Should we get into some awards? Yes. Well, let's start off with the Toto Memorial Award for Best Animal Friend. What do you got, Sam? Uh, so I picked three for this one. An awarded one. Um, so my honorable mentions are Jaws, um, Goose from Top Gun. <laughs> and is the next one your winner? Yeah. So I want to talk about those two first okay. because Jaws, I think, would be a terrible animal friend. He would try to eat you. Yeah, that's why he didn't win. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, there that weren't that many animals this season. Um, Goose. I would say not an animal at all, but a human. <laughs> but he's an animal name. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. I like it. <laughs> oh, and who's the winner then? The uh, winner is uh, the Iron Giant. Great. I'm not going <laughs> to argue that because uh, Iron Giant was one of my honorable mentions. Ah, uh, perfect. Because I didn't. I know he doesn't fit in best human friend, but he's the best friend. He is the best friend. He should have won because he, he is such a good friend. But I'm interested to know who you picked to win. So I had honorable mention to the Iron Giant. Uh, also, Sunday Justice, the name of the cat in the jail cell in <gasps> right. Where the Crawdads in. Yes, yeah. Uh, Bella Lugosi's dogs in Ed Wood. He has those two dogs that are always in his lap. Oh, yeah, that's right. But my winner from the Nightmare on Elm Street series is Jason, the oh, dog. Oh, Jason the dog. Because you know my favorite thing about Jason? Hmm. He gonna get wild. <laughs> Jason gonna get wild. Yeah. You pull this him into is... one of your crazy ass dreams, he gonna get wild. So wild. Jason's so wild. So Jason the dog, my winner this year. Nice. So our second category is best human friend. Indy, who do you got for it? So here I went with Goose. Okay. Because he is a human and he is a great friend. Okay. I have uh, Kambe from Seven Samurai, who is kind of a leader, a father figure, all around good guy. Vivian from Pretty Woman. Mm. Because she is just a breath of fresh air wherever she goes. And I looked at this as not who had the best friendship on screen, but who would I most want to be my friend? True. But the winner, as portrayed by Johnny Depp in the film by the same title, Ed Wood, because Ed Wood in this movie is an eternal optimist, a bit of a weirdo, a very accepting guy, and he just wants everyone to have their place in the world. He's willing to come to your house in the middle of the night if you call him and go, Eddie. <laughs> he, he's going to help you out. Right. You need someone to help you move? Ed Wood's coming. You need <laughs> someone to check you into a rehab Edward's going to do it for you. I think he'd be a great friend. So for this category, I had Kaya from Where the Crawdads Sing. Mm -hmm. uh, because I feel like she'd be like an interesting friend to have. And I think that we're different enough that it would be like opposites attract friendship. 
Um, Britney Spears in Crossroads. Interesting. I think she would not be fun to hang out with at all. She starts out very judgmental and then does all the things she was judgmental about, but doesn't uh, see anything wrong with that. So I think this is because I grew up in the time when Britney Spears was like the coolest. So I think being friends with her would be interesting. Britney Spears, not her character. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. <laughs> um, and for best human friend, I picked Moose. Moose. Yeah, good call. Yeah. Um, because he seems like very loyal and fun and he's a good dancer and uh, he can win dance battles. And of course, that is Moose from the Step Up series. Yes, parts sorry. two, three, and five? I think so. Not to be confused with Goose. Right. <laughs> Wait, how come Goose gets nominated in Best Animal Friend, but Moose gets nominated in Best Human Friend? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed right in the moment. Oh, and that was, I've been calling that our Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants Award for Best Friend. Right, yes. Next, we have the Kate Hudson Memorial Award for someone you hate but was not meant to be hated by the movie. You know Kate Hudson's not dead, right? (laughs) (laughs) Who did you have for this one? Uh, I picked Chase from Where the Crawdads Sing. But he's the villain of that movie. I couldn't pick anybody. Who do you have? So at first I thought the parents of Elm Street. Oh, yeah. Because they just won't do anything. But then I look at it as like, no, they are the villains, though. Yeah. Not the villain, but they're villains in that movie. So I couldn't pick them. My next thing would probably be the best friend who's also like a hacker in Step Up Revolution. Oh, yeah. I hated him. And then there's that uh, Karen choreographer who has that like real harsh haircut. And is just a jerk to everyone, but right. she's supposed to be inspirational. Yes. I hated her. But who I have to go with is someone who is supposedly the charming love interest of a movie. And that is Henry Higgins in My Fair Lady. Oh. Because he's a real piece of shit. He's <laughs> um, abusive to our heroine yes. played by Audrey Hepburn. And really I is. hated him, but we're supposed to think that he's a suitable love interest? Yeah. And that she should stay with him? Yeah. I think that's Stockholm Syndrome. Like, he's clearly kept her captive to the point where now she just agrees with everything he does. Or does she? Or does she? Listen to that episode. We get it all into it. But yeah, he was a dick. <laughs> and our next award is the Villain Who Was Right Award. Oh, the Magneto Award. Yes. So for this one, the obvious pick for me was Iceman from Top Gun because he was correct. Maverick is dangerous. Uh, you know where I'm going to go, so I'll just give you my runners up. Okay. Uh, the dad, as portrayed by Dad Aykroyd in Crossroads, uh-huh. who's like, don't go across state lines with a convicted felon. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's, 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 that's being a good Pretty dad. obvious. I also picked the shark in Jaws. Because it's like, yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> yeah. That's your land. Stay out of the water. <laughs> yeah. You have all that land. You're coming into my house. Yeah. <laughs> then, yeah, you're going to be a snack. But, of course, Iceman <laughs> is the winner. Yes. Iceman was right. Uh, Tom Cruise, Maverick, flies dangerously. And he says, I don't like you because you're not safe. Yeah. And he was right. Yeah. Iceman follows all the rules and still gets great results. People's lives are on the line, yeah. Maverick. Fucking grow up. Exactly. <laughs> Maverick. This next category, I'm very excited to hear your answer because that is 
because we had suggestions from listeners. They wanted best haircut, best outfit, all sorts of things like that. So we combined it into one, just best look. And you can define this how you see fit. So what do you have for best look and how did you define it? So I went overall kind of the amount of, I guess, intervention or access they would have had to things in the movie. Does that okay. make sense? Sure. Like What you did with what you have? Yeah. All right. Um, so my first person honorable mention was Lindsay Lohan in Falling for Christmas because she was rich. So she had like access to whatever she wanted. But most of the movie, she's wearing things that were found in a lost and found box. Very true. They were some great pieces. Though. They were some great pieces. Um, my second is Eliza from My Fair Lady. Of course. But because she, she had all of Henry Higgins's money um, to play with. So I felt like she didn't, she wasn't as resourceful as some people in this category. But my number one win for the best look in a movie is Kaya from Where Are the Crawdads Sing? Because right. she was like literally living out of a church donation pin. And she's just finding these like really cute cardigans like yeah. in the mud or something. Yeah. And her hair <laughs> looked great. Her skin was nice and like beautiful. So for someone who lives in mud, she yeah. looked sharp always. Exactly. So I was really impressed with the amount of kind of ingenuity that she had to find outfits kind of almost out of nothing. So first I thought of whose look added the most to that character. Mm -hmm. And I had... Count Orlock in Nosferatu. Oh my goodness. That long coat, those yeah. weird shoulders looked fantastic. The fingernails. Yeah. Yeah. Kakuchio from Seven Samurai, uh -huh. played by Toshio Mafune, who at one point is wearing stolen samurai armor with his ass hanging out, <laughs> and he's running at people like crazy because that embodies that character. Mm -hmm. But then I also had to come to Eliza Doolittle. But as my winner, I went with who was inspired most by Eliza Doolittle, and that is Vivian, as played by Julia Roberts in True. Pretty Woman. And if I had to pick one outfit, you'd think, oh, that uh, fantastic red gown? No, I'm going to the one that was directly taken from a scene from My Fair Lady and her polka dot outfit with the hat when she goes to watch polo. Oh, I did like that outfit. That's a very cute classic outfit. And classic because of this movie. People started making that dress all over the place after yeah. it came out. Yeah, polka dots. Brown and white polka dots, which is like odd combination. And then it just works. Yeah. Especially for someone with red hair. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if that's going to work. And it does, everyone. Exactly. Go watch Pretty Woman. What do you think we should name the best look category? The My Fair Lady Award? Yes, Maybe. I think so. Or the Eliza Doolittle Award? Too many of our... Categories are going to start being named after Audrey Hepburn. True. But is that can a bad there ever thing? be too many? <laughs> so I was going to say, is that a bad thing, really? Let's go on to our technical categories because we do have technical categories, yes. but just barely because we have one for audio and one for visual. So let's go to our The Conversation Award for Best Audio. So my nominees are The Day the Earth Stood Still because I love the score of that movie. It's mm. so theremin-y and so 50s and so sci-fi, and it's prototypical of that. I also went with Nosferatu, uh -huh. which is odd because it is, in fact, a silent movie, but then you have to depend on the score so the much. The score was incredible. And the original Hans Erdmann score is fantastic, so I picked that, but my winner is going to be going back into the danger <laughs> zone, and I got to go with Top Gun. Because first of all... <laughs> 
that synthy score mm-hmm. that goes throughout with the Top Gun anthem is great. We get those same songs played many, many times, but I loved them with yes. Take My Breath Away and Danger Zone, the ridiculousness of playing with the boys, and then the sound mix. Yeah. Like listening to those jets go by, it yeah. was great. And the jets kind of went with the synthiness. It, yeah, it, and all like it all kind of fit together, which is, I agree with you on that one. That's a good one. So my honorable mention for audio is where the crawdads sing, because I felt like you really get the sound of the marsh. And the score for that was really yes. solid. I forget the name of the composer, but it's a Canadian and they did good work. Plus you had a Taylor Swift song. In Plus it. there's a Taylor Swift song in it. Um, I thought it really enhanced the mood the sound of the movie and um it really helped you feel like you were in the marsh with kaya um but i'm gonna have to give it to one of my favorite musicals ever my fair lady you know what i don't know how i didn't think of my fair lady it's a fucking musical that i know all the words to that's a good that's a good call yeah absolutely (laughs) i know pretty much all those songs off by heart i could probably sing it all for you right now but um i think it's just a musical that has transcended the ages. Absolutely. Uh, that is the right choice. <laughs> I could still make an argument for Top Gun, but that is definitely yeah. should have been I'm thought of by me. I'm shocked my fair lady was not in your picks. Sometimes I we were putting this together just uh, like On a half couch. hour ago, <laughs> and I kind of overlooked a few things, True. I think. And Audrey Hepburn is, is rolling in her grave. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> Let's go into uh, the Blade Runner Memorial Award for Best Visuals. Yes. What did you have for that one? Um, so my honorable mention is Top Gun, just because you got some incredible shots of planes flying and doing things that I didn't know planes could do. And uh, But I have to give it to Where the Crawdads Sing, just for transporting us into that magical world. That was a very beautiful movie. Yeah. But it didn't make my list because we had some real all-time greats in True. this one. Honorable mentions to Nightmare on Elm Street Part 1. Uh-huh. Fantastic. It's kind of um, expressionism by way of the 80s. Uh, Seven Samurai, the camera movement in that movie, like you could write papers on, and mm-hmm. I'm sure many people have. Nosferatu. That movie needs such strong visuals, and they achieve it. Mm-hmm. Everything is could be an oil painting. There's so many things that look great in that. But I got to go with a very typical answer, Citizen Kane. Huh. It invented so many of those things, and it's rare to be the first to do it and also kind of nail it right at the beginning. And I'm not going to get into it because it's a very long discussion, so you can listen to our episode on Citizen Kane, but it is a visually beautiful movie that had... So much thought and time put into the composition of every second of it, and it shows. Yeah. Citizen Kane, I did think about that one, but I went newer, <laughs> as usual. Okay. Do we have a name for Worst Couple? The Worst Couple Award? I've been calling it the Rhett and Scarlet Award. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, so for Best and Worst Couple, I had Lucy and... Wait, Best and Worst? Oh, no. For Worst Couple. Okay. Sorry. Um, I had Lucy and Ben from Crossroads. Uh, they just didn't make any sense and uh, just shouldn't have been together. For Worst Couple, I gave it to Kaya and Chase from Where the Crawdads Sing because... He's an awful person. <laughs> oh, fair. <laughs> yeah. 
And then, uh, I guess we won't spoil it, but listen to that episode. And then the way it ends up, you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so my worst couple nominees are those two best friends in Step Up Revolution. That uh-huh. guy that's a hacker. I, I just really hated that guy. I hated their interactions. Their friendship made no sense to me. I have Quentin and Rooney Mara's character oh, yes. in the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Because it doesn't make sense that they like each other. It doesn't seem like they like each uh-huh. other. And every time she said his name... Because she doesn't say Quentin. She goes, Quentin. (laughs) It bothered me so much. And my winner is one that you referenced and that I have it as Britney Spears and that guy. (laughs) And that is from Crossroads. Lucy and Ben. Yeah, she is in high school. He is a convicted felon. And we're like, yeah, that's cool. And he's convicted of uh, transporting a minor across state lines. Which then he goes ahead and does again. Yeah. She loses her her virginity to him in overlooking a bunch of people yeah. in that window. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's not a good relationship. No, that's awful. Well, how about best couple? Do we have a name for this one? Should it be the Han and Leia Award? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. My nominees are from Pretty Woman, Richard Gere and Julia Roberts, uh-huh. because. I feel like that is one where it seems like it's going to be one-sided. One person has all the power. He's literally paying for her. Mm -hmm. And they do a very good balancing act to show that that is not the case of the power dynamics because of uh, Vivian's strength. But again, we don't need to get into all that. But they're they're well-matched. I gave them an honorable mention as well. And then my other honorable mention is Maverick and Iceman. because. I wanted them to kiss at the end, and they had a, a great chemistry together, mm-hmm. I thought. But they can't win because they didn't get together. They um, had a lot of like long, meaningful stares at each other, too. Best potential couple, I guess. Best potential couple. And then, uh, out of all of the movies we did, I'm sure there's lots of love stories, my best couple only featured on screen for like five minutes, and that is Meg Ryan's character, whatever her name is, and Anthony Edwards' is Goose, Goose in Top Gun. Because the few minutes we see of them on screen, you know everything about them. Mm -hmm. You know that they share everything. You know that they're lots of fun. You know that their family means everything to them. And that they're very, very much in love. Mm. So I love those two. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Um, I had to give it to Kaya and Tate. (laughs) Wow, Kaya has a sweeping your award. Yes, I really, really like like that movie. Did you? Because it says differently on this chart oh when you rated it. My numbers aren't a good representation. <laughs> it says you liked it a 6 out of 10, which is underneath movies like Christmas Story, Edward, Jaws, The Day of the Earth Stood Still, <laughs> Iron Giant, My Fair Lady, Seven Samurai, Nightmare on Elm Street, Citizen Kane. Well, it's no Pretty My Woman, Fair Lady. Nosferatu. It's no Nosferatu. <laughs> I'd agree with that. <laughs> So another one for Where the Crawdads Sing. Yes. So our next award goes to who would you least want to be haunted by? <laughs> oh, yeah. This, um, I think, should be the Extina Memorial Award <laughs> because it started with her performance in burlesque. Right. Because I just thought it would be the worst ghost. Hey. Just be like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> um, I had to give this one to Jaws, the oh, shark. Oh, shit. Yeah. Because but can you just go on land and then you're fine? No, because I assume that ghosts can, like, 
not be in water. So do you think a ghost shark could get you in an apartment building? Yeah. Oh, see, I don't know about that. Because I think it wouldn't haunt a place that it's never been. I feel like ghosts are tied to a location. True. But maybe like the beach, the ocean. Sure, yeah. You could get eaten by a ghost shark. It would ruin the beach for you. That's true. That's true. And they're, they're like pretty safe on land. Pretty safe. But um, I think it would really suck to be haunted by Jaws. I, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Nobody wants a ghost shark. No. Although I would watch that movie. Ghost shark? Jaws 6, ghost shark. I bet there is a ghost shark movie out there. Oh, there probably is. Yeah. yeah. So who do you have, Indy? Nominees. Lindsay Lohan's character in Falling for Christmas, the before head injury, because right. she's just annoying she as fuck. Really she's a bad person at that point. Um, you have your typical answers of uh, Nosferatu or Freddy Krueger, mm-hmm. because that would be terrifying. Yeah. But I'm giving it to, from Step Up 3D, I think, the House of Pirates, who mm-hmm. are a bunch of dance pranksters. Like, they oh. break into your house and hide fish everywhere. Right. And then they're just dancing at you. They're going to be playing their music loud. Yeah. They're going to be making lots of noise because they're dancing all the time. True. Lots and of stomping. And then stopping. you have uh, fish smells on top of that. True. Sounds terrible. Gross. I agree with that one. That's, uh, that's pretty bad. How about for the Dawn of the Dead Award for which movie would you like to see remade? I had a really hard time with this one. Um, but because we're able to do more live action stuff now with CG and stuff, I said the Iron Giant. Oh, a live action Iron Giant? Yeah. But it's like a throwback 50 sci-fi? Yeah. Oh, I'd watch that actually. That I think great. that would be really cool just with the technology that we have now and the ability to like film things really big. That actually would be very yeah. interesting I to think see. that would be really good. I said uh, Nosferatu because it is, in fact, being remade by Eggers. And we were talking in our Nosferatu episode about Willem Dafoe's performance as Max Schreck playing Count Orlok in Shadow of the Vampire. And since then, we've learned that Willem Dafoe is going to play Nosferatu. In the remake. In the remake. Amazing. I don't think any of those movies need to be remade. Will I see this one? 100% I will. (laughs) I have A Nightmare on Elm Street 3 because Mm -hmm. that was a fun one. But I feel like what they need instead of a remake is they need more sequels. Just do one every five years, not to the new universe that they made, but from this original Freddy. Let's just do part seven, eight, nine. Not one a year like they were doing with all the jump, just once every now and then. Yeah. So I went with what would I most like to remake? Okay. And what could I actually do? Because I'm not a great filmmaker. And what I think I could actually shoot and do a better job of Bring it on, cheer or die. Oh, yeah. I know my cheerleading now. Yeah. I've watched a lot of cheerleading documentaries. And you have a live-in cheerleading consultant. I feel like I could do a lot of solid jokes for the cheerleading crowd. Uh Uh-huh. And I know my horror. So I feel like I could do a lot of stuff for that crowd. And I think I'm good at punch-up comedy. Mm -hmm. And that's what this movie needs most. So I would love to remake Cheer or Die. Oh, my God. I would totally watch that. I would help you. Yeah. (laughs) And then I would watch it. Wow, we have so many categories. (laughs) How about for the Jimmy Fallon Award for Worst Performance? We Uh, got some, some, this is tough contention in this one, I think. I just came up with one. Who's that? (laughs) Britney Spears in Crossroads. Because she's not an actress. No, that was clear. This is a pop singer who was just given a movie. Um, And uh, I think that she didn't do a very good job. I very, can see that. Britney Spears is very talented, but I just don't think she did a good job with this material. I didn't even have her as a nominee. I had Mateo in Cheer or Die. Uh-huh. 
That could have been a funny performance. Oh, 100%. Yeah. It. I think that one I picked because I was like, I could do that role and I'd do it better. <laughs> <laughs> I have Rooney Mara in the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street because <laughs> she sleeps through the whole movie in the scenes where she is not supposed to be sleeping. Yeah. Uh, Tracy and John in A Nightmare on Elm Street 6. Oh. Tracy's the one that's just angry all the time for no yeah. reason. They were bad, but I have to give it to an ensemble, not from one movie, but all of the male leads in the Step Up franchise. Oh. You tend to have one charismatic female, you have a charismatic side character, usually Moose, Yeah, and then you have the most bland, the most boring, but vaguely handsome Hot guy yeah. being the male lead, and it's always the weakest part of those movies. It, I 100% agree with you You put someone that. interesting in there, that is a much more enjoyable movie, Yeah, but they chose not to. <laughs> I think they should have just kept going with Channing Tatum. Well, if they could afford him yeah. at that point, I'm sure they would. Yeah. But even Channing Tatum in this movie, in his Step Up movie, he is bland as well. I think, yeah, he really came into his own once he started making bigger films. Well, I think the roles are also written to be very bland. True. And our next category is Best Performance. Uh, the Audrey Hepburn Memorial Award. <laughs> yes. Um, so for this one, I had Goose from Top Gun as a runner-up. Great, yeah. Classic, amazing um, performance uh, that was pretty much like carried over into the next movie, into the second movie. You felt like Goose was there. And if we had a Best Supporting role, maybe that would be Goose's win. Yeah. Because I think um, even though he obviously wasn't in the second Top Gun, you could really feel him in it. He was he had created such a big legacy in the first one that it really carried over to the second one. So Goose is my runner up. But my best performance is Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady. <laughs> Can't argue with that. And giving Audrey Hepburn the Audrey Hepburn Award. <laughs> what about you, Indy? I only gave her a nomination. <gasps> yeah. Because I would pick an Audrey Hepburn every every year then. True. Other nominees, Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. Mm -hmm. She was so charming She's in so that. so charming. Orson Welles in Citizen Kane. Mm -hmm. I feel like he gets all the credit for being the director of that movie, but you sit and watch his performance as this man ages and grows more cynical and darker. It's a, it's a very good performance, but I have to give it to... Martin Landau as Bella Lugosi in Ed Wood. Oh, that's a good one. One of the best supporting performances in, in film, really. Mm -hmm. I thought he was just fantastic. And if you ever watched old Bella Lugosi movies, it's amazing to see him kind of just being embodied by someone who is not him. And then even in that, because there's so many great roles where someone is just being somebody else. Mm -hmm. And that is a talent for sure. But I kind of hate it when... You just give the best actor to someone who is like playing um, Freddie Mercury or Elvis or like just because they're doing a good impression. Because that is a talent, but that's not it. Mm -hmm. But Martin Landau in this is not just Bella Lugosi. We get to see Bella Lugosi go through like elation to being completely destitute. There's so much range in his performance <laughs> of Bella. Okay. All right, we're getting into the, the big awards now. It's at the end of the night when they roll out the big guns. Let's start with the Bride Wars Award for Worst Film. My nominees, Falling for Christmas. Uh-huh. Yeah, listen to the episode. It's, it's not good. <laughs> Step Up All In. 
which is the worst of all the step ups. And you really thought everyone's coming together. This is going to be the best one. No, it was terrible. The worst step up movie, I think. (laughs) But my winner, A Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Oh. A Nightmare on Elm Street is great at its peaks and terrible at its worst. And that is the worst. Five and six are both terrible. Five, I thought, was especially bad. But go listen to that whole franchise. Yeah. Because we reviewed them all. I thought five was the worst. My winner for this one was Crossroads. I thought it was going to be a lot better than it was. I was really disappointed with some of the like content in it. And uh just wasn't great. Agreed 100%. But the reason that one didn't make it for me is... It was fun to watch. Yeah. It was poorly done. It was a bad (laughs) movie for sure. But it was, if I had the option to watch that or Falling for Christmas, Uh I would choose Crossroads for sure. Oh, interesting. Falling for Christmas, I found very little redeeming qualities to it. Okay. Um, So in our big category of the night, best film. Which I think we were calling the My Neighbor Totoro Award because that was the first movie we both gave tens to way back in episode 10 or something. So my runner up is Top Gun. Wow. (laughs) Runner up. That's amazing. You love Top Gun. I love Top Gun. That's pretty cool. All right. Interesting. It was super fun to watch. It was one that I'd probably watch again if you wanted to. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was a good time. Like it was fun. And it kind of took over our lives. We listened to the soundtrack. Well, that soundtrack. We've been talking about Top Gun for a week straight. I, uh, yeah, I, I like Top Gun. It was, uh, it was a fun ride. But my best film of the season is My Fair Lady, which is a movie I've seen many, many times over and still love. Can't argue with that. No. Great soundtrack. Sing along. What, what more could you want? I got nothing. Nothing. <laughs> There's nothing more you could want. Exactly. I went with big heavy hitters as well because we had a lot of historically great films Mm -hmm. in this season. So nominees, My Fair Lady, Uh you covered it, you got it. Citizen Kane. Right. It's fucking Citizen Kane. It's Citizen Kane. Seven Samurai. Uh It's fucking Seven Samurai. (laughs) There is nothing to be said about those two, nor for the first one. And my best film, Nosferatu. Oh. It's. I knew I loved this movie. I hadn't yeah. seen it in many years. I didn't think I would have as much fun watching a silent film as I did. And it's a silent movie that I wanted to rewatch, which is uh, pretty amazing. Yeah. So Nosferatu, my film of the year. Nosferatu is up there for me, for sure. That's amazing. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah, that movie from the 1920s. If I told you at the beginning of uh, season one or even two... That like you'll love silent movies. You wouldn't believe me. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. And I think our listeners wouldn't believe you either. <laughs> <laughs> so then we have one last hypothetical one because I initially thought our podcast would be a lot more things like this, like weird hypothetical situations. Okay, yeah. But which world would you most want to live in? If you get to be in one of these movies, you or you, mm-hmm. you're in this world, which world are you going to? I gave an honorable mention to Top Gun because it seems fun flying jets around, being real cool, wearing awesome sunglasses. Oh, you think you would be in the Navy? Yeah. But you could be in the Navy now. True. I don't think you're going in the Navy, though. No, but like that world, like in that class of the Navy, not 
just like... Oh, so you are like in the movie. Yeah. I took it as you're just in the world. You're you. No, no. So it, it would just be like you're living your life here, but um, the Cold War is not as cold. Oh, no. No, okay, no. Okay, you went with you're I, in the movie. I would, what movie would I want to be in? Oh, then I might change what my answer. What movie world would I want to be in? Okay. Um, But I decided I ultimately wanted to live in Mrs. Higgins' house in My Fair Lady. Oh, yeah. there's that beautiful garden and she's very like proper and nice, but like also kind of fun. Do you have indoor plumbing? Yes. I assume so. Maybe not. Hmm. <laughs> no, I still say. You I, uh, couldn't really like have a job. True. Not easily. No, but all she wanted was for Eliza to like have tea with her. Yeah, but what are you doing the rest of your life? Just napping and... Wearing nice dresses? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like like it's the question with time travel. What time would you go to? I, there's very few times in the past I would go to yeah. as a English-speaking but not white person. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't think I'm going back. True. Very true. I guess if you were like in a scene of a movie, then I would have all sorts of different options. Or to be in the movie like you're one of those characters, it would be very different. But I just said, I am me, but I live by the rules created in uh, this world you took this one very differently than i yeah. did so i went with movies that i don't necessarily like but would be a good place to live mm -hmm. like uh falling for christmas yeah everything's gonna work out ski town well i wouldn't be living there i'd be living here oh okay it would be a world that if i lose my job and don't have money people would gather together because of my christmas spirit and right. um I, everything would give be you fine. checks yeah if uh your wife dies, you'll carry that memory, but you're going to find someone else that your child loves just as much mm -hmm. right away. No big deal. Yeah. And they're going to be super loaded. <laughs> so like those are good. That's a good world to live in. Yeah. The step up sequels, because instead of violence, people just dance at each other. Yeah. So I wouldn't need to dance much. No. I, I could I would dance more and that would be fun. Yeah. And there wouldn't be shootings in the street. There would be like dance battles. True. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that being a good place to live. But I went with Where the Crawdads Sing. Hmm. Because this is a world which made me angry about the movie, but good about if the real world were like this. Yeah. Uh, no real racism. No. Nope. If you're in the 60s in Carolina and you're black, you know what? You're, you'll do fine. Nobody, yeah. Someone's a little rude to you. Yeah. They're as rude to you as people on the bus are to me now. So if that was in the 60s by now, wow, we would be doing pretty good. True. And the only people that get away with murder are the people who deserve to be murdered. Then you're like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Yeah. It's all, and justice is somehow cosmic and everything works out for the best. Yeah. So that seems nice. And you like never struggle. And if you are a child who lives in a swamp, you know what? You're going to do great. You'll be a professional author. Author. You'll look great all the time. You'll be a great artist. Yeah. And the only way go things go bad for you is if you're a really bad person. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I think I do well in that world. Yeah, I think so. And I think you'd like living in a small house in the woods. No, but I'd be living here. Oh, right. But I'd be doing much better because that was 60 years ago. Mm -hmm. So our world would have very little injustice to it. <laughs> but as a movie, you're just like, oh, so racism never happened? You historical yeah, movie? Yeah, <laughs> true. Very true. So that's why I'd go there. I like that. 
So now we are going into our, what, fifth season? Is that what we're calling this? Season five. What are we going to do in the fifth season, Sam? Um, I think we're going to do more themes this season. So we've picked out a few themes, um, stuff like favorite Disney movie, musicals, uh, Shakespeare was floated as an idea. I think we can tease what we're doing next right now. Yes. Because we are going to do stuff from the 2020s. Yes. I'm going to do some new things and it'll be hard for me, but I think you'll be, you'll be comfortable. I'll be okay. I'm sure I can find something that I liked. (laughs) So our next couple of movies are going to be new movies. And I think at some point, maybe we should get into, we each pick one and then we let the audience pick one too. True. Yes. That'd be fun. And uh, I'm excited about this. I'm excited to kind of have more movie pairings like we did with Pretty Woman and My Fair Lady. And there were a bunch of things that you picked that... Had the schedule been different, I was like, oh, I have a great movie to play off of that. Right. Yeah, this was a hard one because of Christmas and like Halloween and how many episodes we did then. And what should we do for Halloween this year? Because we're skipping Christmas because Christmas is canceled. No, I love Christmas. Yeah, I did too. It's too, too bad it got canceled. <laughs> what but about for Halloween? Jason? We could do all of the Friday the 13th movies. I could do more dog movies, yeah. We could do maybe the four best vampire movies. (gasps) Yeah. We each pick some vampire ones. We could do the Romero, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. And then even if you really want to get into those last couple as well. Mm -hmm. So many options. Okay. We'll figure it out. But yeah, so we have some great ideas coming up for the next season. um, And I'm excited. And if you have ideas, tell us because we'll just do it. Yeah. It's that easy. It's very true. We do pretty much anything that our fans will tell us to. A couple of these categories. I think most, so many of these categories were from them. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like we have so many fans that will have a huge backlog. No, there's like six of you out there. (laughs) (laughs) And our second sponsor of the episode is Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you choose Park Power, you are choosing a positive local business. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with local not-for-profits that are working to make a difference for their communities. Shopping local is very important to Park Power, and we love local here at Alberta Podcast Network, so it's a great fit. Learn more at parkpower.ca. All right, well, that brings us to the end of our 200th episode. How do you feel, Sam? Like we've done 200 of these. It feels like it. You're like, oh, God, it feels like it. No, it's fun. Um, I feel excited for the upcoming season. Rather than looking back, whenever we get to these anniversary ones, I'm like, oh, and next we're going to do this Mm -hmm. and this and this. And I get excited about that. And it makes me want to do this podcast again. Because sometimes (laughs) I'm like, meh. Sometimes it's, you know, it's lulls and highs. Yeah. But I'm excited um, to kind of introduce a slightly different format for picking movies. All right. Well, we will see you next week when we each have a spoiler-free thing of the fortnight. <laughs> and then I'll pick a movie which is from the 2020s. Ooh. Yeah. Have you seen movies from the 2020s? I have, like six or seven of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Perfect. I, I trust that it's going to be a, an epic movie. That is the right word, actually. <laughs> All right. We will see you next week and the week after that for something epic. Here's to another, what, 200 episodes? Yeah. Yeah, like 17 at least. Bye, everyone. Goodbye.
Okay, and our... <laughs> Is there a sneak in there? <laughs> <laughs>